This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to the Game 5 ALCS postgame show. Red Sox lose their second straight game to the Houston Astros. They are now headed back to Houston with a 3-2 deficit, one more loss, and they're out. However, they do have probably the more favorable pitching matchup. So, uh, Jason Kelly, Andrew Dwan with me tonight. I'm just going to warn you guys, I'm kind of touch and go. I've had a terrible cough, slight case of COVID. That's why I've missed a couple of episodes Basically, my cough has been really my only symptom, so I'm, I'm very fortunate that that's all I've had, but it's not conducive to uh, recording uh, very much, so going to give it a shot tonight, and uh, worst case, Jason and Andrew will uh, tag team the rest of it if I can't go on, so how are you guys? It was better last time we talked. <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say last time Andrew went on, it was uh, it was all sunshine and puppies. Yeah, <laughs> we, we were, were feeling pretty good. But, <laughs> right, yeah. huh? Les Diaz put a put an end to that one pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. Uh, he definitely hurt us uh, a bunch of times. Andrew and I were tentatively gonna record last night, but everything started to fall apart. What the eighth inning was that? The Altuve home run to tie it, something like that. Seventh or eighth inning, yeah. and it just obviously unraveled for a multitude of reasons and uh i just said to hell with it we're not we're not gonna record that but we figured we'd come on tonight just because you know it's been a a few days but uh so uh andrew are you in panic mode or no no i mean if we didn't have a valdi going next game maybe i'd be i'd definitely be more worried if it was erod um i feel confident about Taking game six, I think the Astros have thrown their two best punches right now, back-to-back days. Uh, I still think they've overused a lot of their pitchers, though Framberg definitely helped them out today. Um, I just I, – I have confidence in this team to pull this off on Friday and then, you know, game sevens are just – throw it to the wind. No one knows what's going to happen. Jason. Uh, I don't know if I'm fully in panic mode. I'm not, I'm not like hammering the panic button per se, but I don't, I don't feel good now. I don't feel good. I, when they were up two one, I thought, okay, good. That's where you want to be. Um, I was worried about Chris sale starting today. Turns out that wasn't necessarily the issue, but I said, you better, you better go back to Houston with a, you know, a three, one lead or at least a three, two lead rather. Um, you know, once once they tied the series last night, I thought, okay, it you're in must-win situations now because they've got the home field advantage. And I, I don't know, like, in terms of how much does that matter, it might matter a little bit there. Um, I don't feel good about going back to Houston down 3-2. I, 
I, I just, even with Evaldi on the mound on Friday, like, okay, sure. But, you know, you let's say you win Friday. You're tied for a game seven. You feel confident about Erod pitching a game seven against whoever they're going to throw out? I don't know. I So I'm not hitting the panic button, but I'm not, I'm not confident either. I'm kind of in between there. I'm, I'm kind of sitting on the fence expecting to get pushed over in the worst way possible. This is the first time in the Alex Cora era that he's lost more than one game in a series. That never happened in um, 2018. We only lost one in each of the series. And, and also, I mean, our backs are against the wall. I, it, it was painful in, in yesterday's game, game four, we had a one run lead basically from the second inning on. And this isn't a team that's going to hold that for seven innings. Like our pitching has been okay, but that's a lot to ask to hold that one run lead. And yeah, there were some shenanigans with the umpire. We did blow some opportunities. You know, we were stranding base runners and not getting the hits that, that we were getting in the two games prior. So if we end up getting sunk in, in game six or seven, I'm going to look back to game four and be like, well, that's that's where we really blew it. So um, I just feel like – I just feel like we expect Evaldi to pitch well, but this is a lineup that can just pull the rug out from under you and – he could put up a, a four spot in, in a random inning. And so, I yeah. So, this this offense, though, has cooled down. Kike Hernandez not hitting well. I think Hunter Renfro needs to be benched. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. I never thought I'd utter these words. But maybe for at least one game you put Schwarber in left. You put Bobby D at first base and see if the kid can create some spark. I'd shake it up a little bit at this point. I I don't hate the idea. Um, Tony Maserati mentioned it today. Oh, did he? You know, on the on the radio, he he said, "Look, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to just put Verdugo in right, put Schwarber in left, put Bobby Dahl back at first because Hunter Renfro has been pretty much complete zero for you." um in this series and it's it's tough because he's been so good all year long but you know when's the last time he hit a home run i mean i'm not even sure it's got to be mid-september i think because even towards the end of the regular season he had started to cool off a little bit and look this is a guy that he had a career year with the red Sox, and everyone said wow hunter renfro like what a steal at $3 million. Like, no one expected this. No one saw this coming. It's fair to ask, like, did he run out of steam? Um, and I don't think he's the only guy that might be running out of steam here. But at least on the offensive side, you know, maybe Hunter Renfro just is trying to do too much up there because he knows that the expectations are high now. Um, and he's just – he's pressing a little too much. And I think a hitter like him who – He's not a complete hitter. He's not a J.D. Martinez. He's not a Rafael Devers. When he presses too much, he might get exposed. And he tries to do too much, and he strikes out, you know, on bad pitches or what have you. So it's 
it's an idea. I don't, it's tough too, because Cora, it puts Cora in an impossible position because if he plays Hunter Renfro, which he should do, and Hunter Renfro goes over four and the Red Sox get knocked out, everyone goes, oh, Cora, you idiot. Bobby Dahlbeck was sitting there on the bench and you didn't play him. But if Cora plays Bobby Dahlbeck and sends Hunter Renfro and they lose, then everyone goes, oh, you shouldn't have benched Renfro. He was one of your best players all year. So it's an impossible position for the manager. I don't think he's going to bench Hunter Renfro. I think he's going to stick with the lineup and he's going to hope that these guys get it together. I also think that he trusts Renfro as a veteran more than Bobby Dahlbeck as a, you know, basically a rookie in this type of position. But it's an interesting idea because this offense is anemic right now and and they need a jump start any way you can get it. Well, we do have our answer to that already because uh, Corey did say in his post game today that he's sticking with the exact same lineup. Uh, so, yeah, Hunter's going to be there. He's going to be in right field. And there was a good quote that came out from JD after as well. He said he pulled Hunter aside after the game. So, we actually talked after the game a bit, just sharing my ideas with of what I see with him. I don't see him down at all. He's still going up there, puts, puts tough at bats. You saw Altuve go for 12, then he hits a home run, a big one. So he still has the backing of his teammates, and maybe that gets him out of his you know, little squander. I don't know. It's, it's a bad time for him to go cold. I mentioned it last app. Uh, this is really not ideal for him. Um, he did smoke a ball the other day that Bregman made a great play on that would have led to a, a couple more runs early on, but he – yeah, I don't. I honestly don't remember the last home run he hit either. I, I don't think it was in the National Series. I don't think it was in the Orioles Series. It might have been before that. So those were your last two series of the season. Luckily, he does have experience in the playoffs. Maybe he'll be able to pull it out. I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent optimistic on that one. But I don't want Schwarber in left field. I there's just something about that. I I just can see that burning them in a big way where he just misplays a ball, throws it to the wrong base, and that that's what does them in. Well, another scenario is you you DH Schwarber, perhaps put JD out there, provided that his ankle's okay. Uh, I'm I'm not sure that it is, but he does seem to look fine going around the bases as of late. I'm not a pessimistic guy on Renfro long term, like next year. I mean, he might not be quite as good as this year because it's a tough, you know, year to duplicate. But but right now, I just he grounded into two double plays today, and we were it was looking like we might rally in one of those middle innings. Valdez put the first two runners on. And uh, Dusty Baker had to go out and just have a little pep talk with him. And then Hunter Renfro comes up right after. And like I said, grounds into a double play. So I just, I'd like to see a little bit of magic uh, from Cora. But he's just a guy that's, uh, Renfro has just been really cool. Xander had a two-run home run in game four. Put us ahead by a run. That was, uh, you know, basically our... uh, the only runs we scored so hopefully he he finds it because he's another guy in the middle of the lineup just not not hitting well so um with today's game i, I was really negative on chris sale like if you told me it was gonna be 
you know, seven to one, eight to one by the end of it, I, I would have been like, yep, that's about right with Chris Sale starting. But, um, and uh, even though that was the approximate score, he pitched pretty well for five innings and then got tagged for, I think, two more runs. Uh, Fran, Fran uh, excuse me, no, um, Alvarez, I, I forget his first name there, big DH, um, basically scored all three runs off of him. Um, but still, I mean, compared to what we've seen, I mean, five innings and change and three runs is something you would have taken with him and just kind of hoped your hot offense could could um, offset that. So it was encouraging to, to see him have a decent outing. Yeah, and he was hitting, what, 98 and a half, I think, on the gun at one point. Which something like that. I don't even know if we saw that pre-TJ. I was disappointed they brought him out for the sixth. I really loved the five. I wanted Tanner Houck in there. I think I said that last game I wanted Tanner Houck in there. I thought that was the game plan, quite frankly. Uh, I thought if go as go with sales as long as he possibly can, which was five, and then bring Tanner in and see if he can bridge the gap for like three innings. And they didn't do it. And I don't think we've heard an explanation why, which was kind of kind of agitating to me. Jason. Yeah, I I think they're scared of to crap of Tanner Houck. I I think Cora has maybe lost a little bit of trust in him, um, which shouldn't be the case because again, if this was the plan, if this was the roster and this was the plan going in, then I think you have to sort of stick with that plan. I I know that Tanner Houck has had some iffy performances here, but like you've got to stick with him if this is going to be the guy, if he's the bridge between your starter and the end of your bullpen. Because let's face it, the Red Sox have to know their middle part of their bullpen blows. It's not good. Brazier, Salamora, Robles, like these guys have all turned back into pumpkins. Like you can't you can't rely on them pulling magic out of their ass like they were in September and August. So I, I agree with Andrew. I'm, I'm a little surprised that Halk wasn't put in after sale came out. Um what I saw at a sale was very encouraging. Um, I will fully admit I was fully prepared to come in tonight and mock Alex Cora for saying after the trade deadline that, well, I don't care that we didn't add a starter. We have a skidding lefty coming back. We'll be okay. And I, cause I thought that sale was going to kind of get his brain feed in tonight. I wasn't expecting a lot, but he pitched great. And um, unfortunately, you know, he gave up the bomb to Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez, by the way, might be one of the bigger problems in this series that Red Sox fans aren't recognizing yet. Everyone talks about Altuve and Correa. That guy is a legitimate, real, left-handed power threat uh, on the Houston Astros. Um, but Sale pitched really well. I just wish that the plan after that was better because you brought in Ryan Brasher, which... I've never been a Brazier guy. I think he's always just been a jag at that bullpen. Uh, he's proved it time and time again that he can't handle big spots. Proved it again tonight. And then it just all fell apart from there. So um, I, I, don't, I don't know what Cora is saving Tanner Houck for or if he's just scared of him. But either way, I agree. I, I wanted to see him in this game. Big Poppy in the postgame was talking about Jordan Alvarez's swing, and he said he reminds him a lot of himself, uh, only that Alvarez has a prettier swing. So gave him a lot of credit there. 
Um, as far as the bullpen goes, it's hard not to have trust issues. I don't feel too nervous when Garrett Whitlock comes in, but he is prone to the long ball, and we've seen it, unfortunately. So it'd be nice to see him kind of keep the ball on the ground a little bit more, and hopefully that's something they, they try to work on over the winter. But um, I, too, think the Astros would have thumped Tanner Houck. Uh, there's just not a lot uh, I'm comfortable with with that bullpen. And – I'm not a Salamora guy. I, I've been saying that the whole second half. Um, in game one, Cora brought him in in a relatively close game, and I didn't like that. Today, it was lopsided, and he was doing mop-up duty. That's where I'd rather see him. Um, Robles, I'm not too negative on, and uh, Jason, I think you make a good point. Like Brazier seems fine in the regular season, but put him in a big spot, it just doesn't... Uh, he seems to have trouble with that. So, I mean, what's the plan with the Evaldi game? I, I think that one's going to be the toughest to to map out. And in game seven, you'll have Erod, who I'm fairly confident will uh, be able to pitch at least three or four innings effectively. It'll be remain it'll remain to be seen whether or not uh, they they make adjustments on him and and. Uh, you know, hit him around a little bit, but you'll have Nick Pavetta that second game who could probably go three or four. And I think the roadmap through game seven is a little bit easier than, than game six. So how do we see game six going after Avaldi presumably goes five or six? Well, I think he has to go six. I, I don't think there's an option. I think he has to throw six innings to, on Friday. And then you're looking at, Again, I'm going to throw Hauk's name out there. I think he, I think he has to pitch, and then probably Ottavino, and then Whitlock, and that's you know if the Red Sox have the lead, that's probably their three strongest guys that you can bring out of the bullpen that you have literally any level of trust with. I, you can't bring in Robles, you can't bring in uh, Sawman in these games. This is a must-win. You got to go with your dogs, and those are the ones that are going to come out and do the job theoretically for you. So, if he only goes five, then maybe Hauk can pull off two to get you back on schedule. But I, those are the only four guys I want to see: Nate, then Tanner, then Ottavino, and then Whitlock. And then we get to Game Seven and we figure it out. Yeah. At this point, that's what it has to be. Um, and this is the that you're in. You're down 3-2. Your backs are against the wall. Nathan Avaldi has to pitch, like, quite frankly, the ace that he's been all year. And so that there's a lot of people who say, well, Nathan an ace. Well, he pitched like one through the regular season. And they're going to need him to go at least six. At least six. If Nathan Avaldi is out by the you know fifth inning, if he doesn't get through the fifth inning, and you're having to bring in Tanner Houck, you're in trouble. That's that's not where you want to be. And also, I mean, we'll get to this part too. The offense has to wake the F up. I mean, the offense has to come out and show that they want this game seven because they, I, again, they've just looked completely pathetic the last two days. But you need Evaldi to go at least six. And then I agree with Andrew. Like, anyone not named Ottavino, Houck, or Whitlock, I really don't want to see. If Hansel Robles is coming into this game and it's close, that's a problem. That's that's not good. That's not what you want. You kind of have like an A squad and a B squad 
your bullpen, which is not ideal. I get it, but this is what we're stuck with. So you kind of want the A squad for this game because, again, just get it to game seven. Get it to game seven. Figure it out from there. You know, maybe Eduardo Rodriguez pulls out of his ass, um, you know, and gives you the performance of a lifetime there. But for game six, you need Evaldi to go at least innings, hopefully seven. Like, honestly, the Red Sox looking for what uh, the Astros got out of Frank tonight. Just keep on going, you know, Just have a really efficient, dominant outing. And then we'll put in our best relievers at the end and the, the offense gives you enough support and game seven. Speaking of Valdez, a lot was going around uh, Twitter that he kept wiping his uh, pitching hand above his left eye and it was always when he received a new ball. And Joe Castiglione pointed this out repeatedly on the WEI broadcast. And I was looking for some evidence of a substance above his eye. Nothing was obvious. Um, it's possible there could have been some Vaseline maybe. I, I don't know. Someone in the war room said maybe maybe he had Sprite, uh, you know, on his on his face. I I don't know, but he kept going to it, and he didn't last two innings in his earlier start in the series. And then tonight, he put on one of the best postseason performances we've seen in quite some time. Uh, you know, he pitched basically eight nearly shutout innings. So, uh, just a coincidence or possibly a little bit of tomfoolery so i'm i'm not gonna buy into any cheating theories or anything like that i i i was lucky enough to be in the car when when that was all going on when will fleming was like losing his mind sound like he was gonna explode about you know and it was like every second it's like oh there he goes again oh there he goes again oh did you see it sean did you see it joe oh oh touches forward again oh there it is it's like okay but Framber Valdez touching his forehead or whatever doesn't account for the re- the Astros scoring nine runs on you. So who cares that he was touching his forehead? They scored nine runs on you. Like it is he going to give up eleven if he's not touching his forehead and you win? Like and yeah, he didn't do well in his last playoff performance against the Red Sox, but this guy kicked your ass in the regular season. Framber Valdez every time he faced the Red Sox was punching out eight, ten guys a game, was going seven innings deep. He owned you. So, And this was post-Spider-Tech revelations, whatever you want to label that time period in the season. But, like, he was doing this well before tonight. So, look, this is where Red Sox fans get a little bit annoying. This is where you people turn into Patriots fans a little bit because the game before it was Laz Diaz. Oh, we lost because of Laz Diaz. Okay. Because it's Laz Diaz's fault that you gave up seven runs in the ninth, right? So now what? Tonight is going to be Framber Valdez was cheating, and that's why we lost nine to one? No. Look, I did he maybe have a substance on there? I don't know. I assume they're checking these guys. And Alex Cora has already said he's not going to question it. He's not going to get the umpires together and say, go check that guy, because he knows. He knows his history. Alex Cora is a cheater. Like, let's just call it what it is. He's 
He's already been busted. He's already been suspended for a year for cheating. So he's already said he's not going to do it. Now, you might argue, and the guys on WEI were like, almost like screaming down to Cora from their, from their booth to, you know, go check it anyway. Screw that. Screw your integrity. Just go out there and check it anyway. But would it have made a difference? I don't think so. I Look, I don't know what Valdez was was using, if he was using anything. My guess is it's, you know, very inconsequential, and it didn't have really much to do with the Red Sox getting dominated tonight. I just – I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and go, well, you lost two games because of an umpire and a pitcher cheating. I, you know, and I know some Red Sox fans will, and that's fine. Let them do it. But as far as tonight – I didn't see anything all that much that was alarming. Yeah, I'm going to make this one quick. I think we can all agree that these games looked absolutely great in 4K, right? <laughs> Have you seen a good picture of Valdez with anything on him? Because I haven't. I've been on Twitter. I looked. I've looked everywhere. I can't find a damn thing. So yeah, I I didn't see anything. I watched every pitch of that game. I. I mean, I think he's just good. <laughs> I thought that going into the series. I thought that going into the season. I thought he was a very good pitcher who's a ground ball pitcher, and that's what he was inducing all day long. I mean, I wish they got busted for cheating, but I don't I don't think he was. And for anyone that thinks he was, I mean, literally, we have Twitter, and any time there's something like, controversy controversial going on you can zoom in and there's evidence and people be nitpicking but there's not a single gif of him going through his eye or like a still shot of something glistening uh in a light i don't know i don't buy it i'm a little bit more skeptical uh than you guys i guess um i can't prove anything uh, you know uh, i'll concede that immediately but it was just weird that it was always when he received a new ball. I just can't, I can't get past that. And, and, um, the game's over. We lost the circumstances are what they are. And, um, we'll probably, because he pitched so many frames today, I, I doubt we'll even see him game seven. Um, I could be wrong, but, Dusty Baker, like Andrew points out, sometimes tends to be a savage with uh, um, how he utilizes his pitching staff. So um, I really don't have much else to add. I, I think we've covered a lot of it. Uh, any any final thoughts? I would just say um, we're, I think a lot of fans are going to focus on the bullpen and the pitching. Don't leave out the offense. The, these guys, the last two games have fallen asleep. And I think fans get distracted by Rafael Devers hitting a solo home run. And, oh, we he's going in the shopping cart again. Yay. Um, and, you know, Xander Bogart's, you know, doing a little bit. But there's a lot of guys that have fallen asleep on offense. Verdugo, Kike, Christian Vasquez, um, even Schwarber. Schwarber had the grand slam the other day, but... He's sitting under 200 for the series. He's been quiet. So, look, if, if you want this team to get back in it, yes, Ivaldi has to pitch well on Friday. Yes, the bullpen has to not completely crap their pants. But the offense has got to wake up. 
because you're not going to beat a team like the Astros if you don't score runs. So uh, for me, I'm focusing more on the offense on Friday. I, I want runs. I want runs early, and I want them looking engaged and, you know, just putting pressure on Houston to start instead of trying to play catch-up. Yeah, I'm going based off the assumption that he does what he's done all season long. So my number is four. That is the floor of runs you'll need to put up if you want a chance to win that game. you got to put up at least four and let Nate and the rest of the 18 pitching, uh, relief pitching, I say that with no confidence, do the rest of the job. But, yeah, you got to come out. you got to put one on the board early. you got to have a couple shutdown innings push a couple more across and then you know if you open it up more than that good but four is the minimum amount of runs you have you can score honestly i mean i feel like it has to be six to eight to really um be somewhat safe and one other thing i meant to point out is the astros are so good at adjusting in game and you know, their first time through the order, they got a plan A. The second time through, they have a plan B. Third time through, a plan C. With the Red Sox, the first time through, it's plan A. Second time through, it's plan A. Third time through, it's 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 plan A. Like, they don't adjust. There's no, there's no backup plan. And you can go back to those two high-scoring games. All the damage got done in the second and third innings roughly so so plan a worked and we didn't need the plan b or c so they they have to they have to put up a number of runs and hopefully not just early but later in the game to to kind of keep the astros at bay so uh, we need offense we need kike to get back on it we need xander to to start getting more productive hopefully renfro like we said earlier and uh, we'll, we'll take what we can get from uh, Schwarber as well. So tomorrow uh, is a travel day. So no show tomorrow. And then let's see, Friday night, uh, game six, we'll probably come on and uh, do a little bit of post game. So we will see you then. And everybody have a good uh, rest of your work week. Take care.